Hello everybody and welcome back to Mugrax at Movies, the show where we don't talk smack about movies, we celebrate them. And that for the rare occasions where we do talk smack about movies, but today we wouldn't dream of talking smack about this movie because we're talking about Rascal does not dream of a dreaming girl. This is a film that we are reviewing not in theaters, but from the comfort of our home. Because Funimation on 420 Weekend released the film online for a select few days. And so we got a chance to see this film. And in fact, we Lord and I saw the series for the first time before seeing this film, just mere days before. In my case, on 420 itself, I should have gotten high, cause it was a high good time. But today, we are not alone to go into this dreamy movie. We are joined by a guest from Tanami Faithful, Alien Renegade. How's it going, y'all? It's going good. Uh, wouldn't you say, V-Lord? Did you chillax on 420? Not really, because I had work. Ah, uh, that's a very disappointing thing, though. Also, I was not getting high on 420 either, because I was busy trying to finish the show before the movie expired in the middle of the afternoon. You finished, like, two minutes before it expired. That is true. I started the movie like at 1.30 or just a few minutes before 1.30. The movie expired at 3 p.m. Central Time and I finished just in time. Truth be told, I didn't even watch the entire show before I saw the movie. I only got to the 10th episode and I was like, well, if I watch the remaining episodes, I'm not going to start this movie in time. So I'm going to skip the last three, come back to them later, which I did after I finished the movie. I watched the last three episodes, but I have seen both the show and the film. Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl is, of course, the sequel film to Rascal Does Not Dream of a Bunny Girl Senpai. A very misleadingly titled show because she is not a bunny girl in most of the episodes. She barely is the bunny girl. But that was a darling show of the fall 2018 season. And the movie came very shortly afterwards in Japan in June 2019. And then the film came out in theaters in North America in October 2019. And we learned I were thinking of seeing it back then, and we were thinking of watching the show and going to see the movies in theaters, but we couldn't because we were at New York Comic Con, and there was no way to reconcile that busy schedule. But thankfully, we are here six months later, half a year later, having seen both the show and the film. Yeah. Honestly, I think, like, we probably could have seen them when we were at New York Comic Con, but we no, hadn't watched been the show. very, very tight. Because when we arrived, it was like the last day they were showing it. And by the time we got to our hotel, it was like very barely before the movie would have started. Okay, yeah, that's true. Wasn't it showing like a day before that, though, too? I believe so. I don't know. Yeah, so I thought our logic was like, we're, we haven't watched the show, so there's no point in us going to, to see the movie. Because I don't think there was no, anything stopping no. us from... I don't think it was playing the day before. I'm not sure. I think it was playing the day we arrived and the day first day of the con. Ah, that, that would make more sense. Because, yeah, that would have been a Wednesday and a Thursday, though. Yes. Yeah, that checks out. 
But yeah, is this the future of movies? Is this the future of manga mavericks at movies? Are the movie theaters dead? Are we going to have to stay at home and watch movies? What is this? I mean, I kinda... Home movies? Netflix and chill? I won't take a chill pill, no siree. I like my movie theaters, damn it, I love my popcorn that's overpriced and my Bavarian legends that are also floppy and do pounds of so much goodness. And I love my reclining seats and my letter. Oh, oh, how I dream of returning to the movie theaters like... The characters in this film, I wish I could have an out-of-body astral projection experience and go back in time before this coronavirus took our movie theaters away from me. I will save the life of the movie theaters by warning everyone we will make a movie about a pandemic like this and its effect on movie theaters, and that will spread awareness of the issue and cause a vaccine to be created before a pandemic got any worse, so this quarantine situation never happened and my movie theaters would never go out of business. That is what we have to do. That should be the part of the next Rascal book. Write the author, let them know. This has to be the part of the 11th book. Rascal does not dream of a quarantine. What the actual <laughs> fuck? <laughs> also, words I was saying while watching this movie, because there were some very shocking moments, weren't there? Oh, God, Jeez, there were a yes. bunch. Like, I thought the last arc of the TV anime, like, hit all the feels, but... Really? To be honest, if I could voice a controversial opinion, I thought the very last episode was kind of odd because Sakuda was getting all worked up over the fact his sister's memories returned and he was like, oh no, I have lost the utter personality my sister created which was all infantile and codependent and unhealthy. Wow, woe is that loss. And I'm like, your sister's real personality has returned. What What are you talking about? So what if she doesn't remember the last two of her lives where she was like an infant baby in mentally? She was living at home most of that time. What are you, what are you talking about? She can live her life again. What are you getting all worked up? And whiny about this for? So I thought that was very lame. That was probably the worst uh, arc for me because I don't of know. I I, can, I didn't really view it in that exact mindset. I kind of viewed it as like they were literally like Azasago was kind of viewing them as literally like two separate people. So like he's happy that his sister is back, but he's also kind of depressed that he couldn't make that other side of her happy. I guess I think it's still a very weird because that other side I don't know were they not happy didn't they go to the zoo and have a good time isn't that like closure isn't that what kind of allowed her to kind of like be able to regain her memories ultimately well yeah it is closure that's yeah why she regained her memories but that's like I feel like Asasagura felt like he could have done more I think that that's See, that kind of, is, I a, think it's the fatal flaw of the character that I think this movie actually goes into in a pretty funny way is that he is so dedicated to helping people at 
the cost of himself, both physically and emotionally. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, that, that is definitely... Yeah. Yeah. And in hindsight, the, the Kaede arc really does do a good job setting that up. I would agree on some of those friends. I also just think, though, I would not mourn the loss of the infantile personality. I don't think that was like a healthy personality. It was the entire character of Kaede was uncomfortable considering that she was like traumatized into that kind of baby estate. I thought that was very, very odd. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I didn't really find it necessarily uncomfortable, but I guess, like, like, I definitely... That she was so clingy to her brother and making innuendos, and again, she was like a 15-year-old acting like a little kid. I mean, this is like almost Casca level from Berserk, kind of. Trauma has caused this character to regress in a very sad way. I guess, but like... I mean, I don't know. I feel Casca's framed a lot worse. Well, Casca is much worse considering the trauma that happened to her is so much more extreme. And also, we have so much more of that story where we have to stay with that vision of her. I mean, I think, like, when we learn more about, like, what happened to Kaede, I think, you know, it's kind of the point is that it's not that I call her Panda, Panda Lolly Kaede, that the Panda Lolly Kaede is not really meant to be completely endearing. As a character, because you know it's, you know it's pretty blatant that she's gotten so messed up from, from everything that happened. That that extra personality that she develops was pretty much her her mind going to like extreme levels of escapism, and you know it's not really glorifying that. But I mean, even so, like Sakata still didn't, they like, still didn't like treat her like she was like some kind of stranger overall. He still loved his sister regardless of, you know, her personality and, you know, who she was before and who she is now. Like, he'll still do anything for her. You know, he want, kind of sort of wants to give her the world. That kind of thing. Yeah, and I think, like, the show very much frames it from Sakata's perspective and, like, his sympathy towards, like, that personality of Kaede. And that also just ties back into this film where he's kind of feeling the same way in the situation with the whole Dreaming Girl arc. Sakata is a good brother type Kaede, and I do think the author's intent was to show what you were discussing, but also it is no real secret that Kaede's character is a type that is very marketable. It certainly is. I think the author intended to twist on that, and I think they did so in an interesting way, but Definitely while watching the show, up until like last episode, was like, this is being played off by the show as cutesy. Like, her antics, her playing with her cat and being scared of people and like mumbling under her breath and all that. And that kind of rubs against what was the point in a way that I don't think the original author intended, but the show kind of made me fumble. And I understand, like, the whole idea of the two personalities and that he liked both of them and wanted to help both of them. But again, I thought his reaction was a little overdone, considering, again, his sister's, like, real personality came back. But we don't need to talk about Kaede too much, because she's barely in this movie. 
Like, yeah. I skipped the Coyote arc before watching the movie, and I was not really affected on too much, because it's like, oh, I guess the sister is acting normal now, but she's out of the movie for most of it, so that is okay. And instead, the movie is dedicated to focusing on the sixth girl, whose story was not resolved in the show, even though it was teased and hinted a lot. And that is Makoto, who... Shoko Makinohara? Yeah, Shoko. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I was about to say, who? And, yeah, so this was a character that inspired Sakuda when he was, like, in middle school and dealing with all this Kaede stuff. And then they meet her again, and she's still in middle school, and they're like, whoa, what's up with that? And then... You know, we find out in this movie, oh, she has a heart disease. And if she doesn't get a heart transplant, she's gonna die. And then, oh, but there's also Makoto, who's an adult, and she's from the future. Shoko. I don't know why I keep confusing her name. (laughs) Well, her last name starts with Uh, M.A.K., so. Makinohara. Yeah, Yeah, Makinohara. That's where where it's coming from. I don't know why I keep forgetting her name. But anyway, Shoko, yeah, she is from the future as an adult. And then we have, like, in the early part of the movie, we don't really know what her deal is. Like, it seems like she just wants to spend time with Sakuta for some reason. And so they go on, like, a date and she wears, like, a wedding dress and whatnot. And then we have a scene at the house where Mai gets jealous of them because uh, she almost has to get it jealous. Uh, Navri Ark of other girls. But then a big reveal happens where it turns out that Shoko came back from the future to spend time with Sakuda because Sakuda is not in the future because he dies in a traffic accident and because he has a donor card, his heart was given to Shoko, and so she had survived her surgery and her fatal heart disease. And I guess this writer really liked Angel Beats. Damn, I was about to make that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, this is like the big twist in Angel Beats, is that it turns out the main character, when he died, uh, was a donor, so he saved another main character through the heart. You spoiled Angel Beats. Angel Beats is 10 years old at this point. But this movie is like a combination of that plot twisted Angel Beats and the disappearance of Harvey, Susan, Mia, or at least the time travel aspects of Harvey, Susan, Mia. With the spice of Truck-Coon. Yeah, I mean, not Truck-Coon, Car-Coon. Truck-Coon's cousin. I'm sure Truck-Coon's very upset that he did not get to make his cinematic debut. Instead, Carcoon comes in, returning from Yu Yu Hakusho, to uh, show off what they can do in terms of running over and killing characters. Yeah. Carcoon has an exclusivity deal with Isekai anime. That is true, and this is not an Isekai. The like, truck was also a die, orange. they are killed. You just had to make the face say that. <laughs> oh, but, God. yeah, so upon learning about this, 
you know, Shoko is like, hey, so I came back to spend this time with you in the future, but I'm, like, resolved to, like, you know, I don't want you to die, so, like, don't die for me. Like, I'm telling you, like, where this accident's gonna happen, so, like, don't be there. And then Sakura's like, well, I guess I gotta be there. I gotta kill myself so I can give my heart to you! And then, so he's acting like he's gonna do that. You know, he's saying goodbye to all his friends. Basically, like, every conversation with him is, like, his last. And all his friends are picking up on him. And they're like, uh, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with this. You know, you don't have to do this. And then Mai eventually is like, hey, what are you doing? Don't do this. Don't you care about me and love me? Like, I don't want you to die, dude. And he's like, nah, I gotta do this. And then he eventually, you know, the day comes and he realizes that Choco lied to him about where the accident was going to happen. So he, like, runs to the location to be like, what are you doing, Choco? Why would you lie to me? You're crazy, girl. I'm going to get in this car accident and get my you. And so he runs there and then, you know, uh, he's about to get hit by the car, but... He doesn't because Mike jumps in the way and the car runs over her instead. And then it's like, whoa, who could have seen that happen? It was generally, though, and that wasn't too surprising, I guess. It's still kind of like a shock to the system. It was sad to see, oh, no, Mai's dead. And we, and we have a big montage of, like, everyone being so sad about it and in despair. Sakuda's like uh, completely lifeless in his room. He's just lying on the ground. His friends are like checking on him. It's like, oh dude, bummer, man. Honestly, like when it happened, I was like, huh, is my really dead? Maybe she's just sleeping. <laughs> but then you see the ble- like the blood coming out. Oh yeah, out, the, like, blood, the blood is what's up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. And it's you see the funeral roll and it's like, oh. Yeah, but it turns out, like, so another interesting detail that I kind of skimmed over is that uh, during the scenes early on where they're at the hospital with middle school Shoko, uh, like, when she her heart condition acts up, like, his scar wounds start bleeding, and he also, like, starts hyperventilating and getting hurt and stuff. And so it turns out that, like, that those scars are, like, connected to... Shoko's particular adolescence syndrome and whole deal. And so when it turns seems like, you know, the whole situation is resolved with, you know, my getting run over instead of him, like her scars disappear and he's like, Well, because I never had the surgery, that means they never took my heart out. And so that must mean that Shoko is dead too. Except it turns out, no, I know Shoko is still around because it turns out that Mai was also an organ donor. So, uh, Mai's heart is now in Shoko. Yay? Yeah, so she gave her heart to Shoko and now Shoko wants to give it back. And so she tells Sakura, like, how to travel back in time. He's got to, like, clear his mind and astral Jack and it's going to be, like, another Schrodinger's box situation. Where he's going to be back in the past. He's got to find someone who can see him and recognize him. And so he tries to do what Mai did. And he wears a bunny costume. I think that the story was a bit cowardly for not having him in a sexy bunny boy costume. Uh, very much a double standard. Aaron City gets to wear a goofy bunny mascot costume. But he also goes into a mall and like tries to stand out so people can see him. And he runs into Koga. And Koga 
helps connect him with uh, Mai's sister, and then they get in contact with Mai, and he tells her, hey, please don't go to where the traffic accident is, I don't want you to die, and then she's like, well, I don't want you to die, so what you gonna do about it? And so then he tries to call himself, and he's like, hey, me, you know, if you do this, Mai's gonna die, and so you should not do this. But him in the past is like, oh, that's what happens? Well, that's all the more reason why I had to be the one to sacrifice myself. And future him is like, wait, no, you don't do that. No. And then he's like, the best line is, oh, God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And so he eventually, you know, he goes to meet up and have some closure with uh, Shoko, has a conversation saying, man, are you really okay with, like, not living and she's like well you know i don't want you to die so it's okay and so you know when he sees his past self you know about to get in that car accident he shoves him out of the way so that the future him can get hit instead because they can both coexist in the same timeline so long as they don't recognize each other both exist so because he's wearing the costume he's able to push himself out of the way and get hit, and once he gets hit, his future consciousness goes back to his past body self, and then he basically, the accident has happened, but he has not been killed. And so... And that's how Kami and Piccolo became one person. Exactly! And then, yeah, from there, you know, they're, like, trying to think, well, how can we save Shoko now? Like, if we don't kill each other. We gotta think of another way that doesn't involve us dying. And then they're like, hey, what if we go back in time? And then he's warned, well, if you do that, maybe you'll change things so drastically that you'll alter things that, you know, you won't go to the school, you won't become friends with us, you won't be my, like, everything will be different. And he's like, well, that is a risk I'm going to take. And, you know, he and Mai have, like, heart-to-heart about it. And they are convinced that they will find each other again, even if he changes the past. So he goes back in the past. It's not really clear what his plan is going back in the past, how he's going to change things. But he makes it so that he and Shoko did not meet as middle schoolers. I thought it was Shoko. It was Shoko that went back. It was Shoko that Shoko did that as her, um... Yeah, because remember, Cause like she was in the hospital. Sakata went to the hospital. Shoko's like, "No, that's that wouldn't work because I, I still have a heart disease." And she's like, "Instead, I'm gonna make it so that you guys don't remember me because I feel like I've caused you so much pain." Okay, so they don't go back no. themselves. No, Shoko <laughs> goes back and she finishes her um her future career sheet. Well, did you miss this? Um, yeah, I guess I. <laughs> I mean, look, I was editing a podcast while watching this. So oh my god. I guess I was missing so easy. This is why you shouldn't do it's that. It's a very talky movie, too. But I guess. Ladies and gentlemen, you know. don't podcast in anime at the same time. <laughs> well, okay. So she's the one who comes up with this yeah. idea to popularize this idea? No, of- so, like, okay. So, Shoko went back in the past to. Erase all the suffering that she caused Sakuta and everyone by uh, not associating quote with Quote-unquote suffering, yeah. Yeah, quote, it is quote-unquote suffering. Cause yeah. But, yeah, so she finishes the elementary school sheet mm-hmm. and basically gets rid of her 
puberty syndrome that way. But the residual memories are still with Sakura and Mai. And, like, they show, like, in the film that even when they are, like, changing the futures, like, the memories are still with them, like, in their dreams. Like, they still remember yeah. what happens. Like, uh, my sister remembers my getting hit by the car still. I mean, yeah, they say, they talk about that, like, as if it was one of their dreams. So I guess. Yeah, and that's what so, wait, causes so them to be... the residual memories go back to their past selves? Because how does that affect... Like, my making that movie, that, that popular Because Mai has these memories of, like, a girl probably with a heart disease. And she didn't meet her until high school, though. Yeah, but it's still so in So the memory. residual memories travel back in time? Well, they still would have been around the same time. But it's, it's like, implied that the movie that she had made had come out recently. Because the posters just brought the store. How does that help... Shoko is conditioned and if it's that recent, how does she find a donor that quickly then? Like, if the movie is that recent, how does that change things that much? Because she's a popular actor and that would have people donate hearts or become organ donors. This is a bit of a leap in, in logic, I think, because it's like, you know, we have tons of movies come out all the time about people with diseases and stuff and that doesn't really help spread awareness to the extent that suddenly people are like you know donating organs or like helping research or doing that stuff doesn't have that big a transformative effect like that quickly like not immediately wait i might it might not have been immediate but like it's definitely an optimistic solution yeah, like, I don't think it's a bad solution. I actually thought it was a pretty, like, interesting way of resolving the problem. I think it's kind of like a magical way to resolve the problem, I guess. It's I like, mean, like, purity well, syndrome uh, is basically she could magical. have done this to begin with. <laughs> she didn't have to. Well, her plan wasn't to save herself, though. Her plan was... Maybe it should have been? <laughs> no, why don't... You know, maybe she should have thought, Hey, I can make it so... I survive, and then these guys survive. We don't none of them have to is die. Is really a way to ha- make that happen, though? Because this is you the problem. I gotta think, though. Like Sakato was Shoko's first love, though. So I think at that point, like Shoko kind of already knew that, like her past self was screwed. But he didn't. Want, but she didn't want, you know, Sakata to have to die for but her. But if she went back in past, she went back into the past. She retains her memories of the other timeline, right? At the end of the film, like we see middle schooler her, she recognizes Sakata. So she clearly has the memories of before. And it's like, you know, if that was possible, if you could remember your memory of the first love anyway, why didn't you just do this solution first? I mean, like... Okay, so, like, this was her finally coming to terms with her trauma and, like, her, like, kind of fear yeah, of Yeah, because, like, you know, as a kid, she knew the doctors told her that she wouldn't really have that much longer to live. She probably wouldn't make it past middle school. And that's, that's like, something that's really heavy to place on someone so young. So, like... Yeah, but, I like, so... She was going to overcome her fear of that by dying. That was her solution. When the there was another solution that was like, she didn't have to die. I don't think she particularly knew that she was going to live. But she came up with the plan 
to go back. Yeah. But she was alive. She was alive in the future. She was alive in the future because, so, because of the like, puberty so She did the plan when she went back into the elementary school herself. She didn't think that the movie was going to happen, and then that would help get her a Joe Hart donor and help her survive. So I guess that is a fair point, I guess. But it's also, like, didn't they mention that, like, like with the puberty syndrome thing with her, that it was kind of weird how they explained it, but it, I remember them saying that time moved faster for puberty sy- syndrome, Shoko. Yeah, so her future self is not. But it was like her middle school self was so, not aging that much. No, so like it's not. It's not the middle when... school self. So it's her future self isn't really from the future technically. It's the perception of time that she's viewing in actual age form. It's a manifestation of Shoko's ideal future, more or less. Yeah. So. Her regular self was not aware of the future self. So this was like a subconscious yeah. thing. Yeah, it's like all literally right. all of puberty syndrome. Alright. So she was not from the actual future, but she could still time travel. Her consciousness. Yeah, more or less. She could she could still yeah, they could still do the sliding back and forth. It's not not exactly like time travel, time travel. Not like, you know, Steins Gate level kind of time travel, but but yeah. I mean, they placed their consciousness back in time from where they were are at a present point. They go back to a different point in time. <laughs> that's what they that's what Sakura does. His consciousness goes from one point in time to a different point in time. He changes the past and creates a new timeline. Yeah, that's he does. what and then that's what Shoko does at the end of the film. Yeah, so the pure the puberty syndrome is like She's not technically from the future, but she can slip through time. Okay. Honestly, yeah, like, what do you think about it? It is kind of hard to explain. Like, yeah, this is, like, convoluted. So, I think when I was watching the show, I kind of understood, like, why you latched onto it, especially. Because the pl- the structure of the show, of the story, is very much like monogatory. Yup. It's like this guy helps these girls with these supernatural problems that are tied to emotional issues. Emotional issues that pertain to, like, psychological problems in their life. And so it's, like, kind of like a manifestation of, like, feelings that they're having. And so with this character, Shoko, like, she, you know, is afraid... That she doesn't have a future, so she creates an image of her ideal future self that she can, like, live out her fantasy with before she dies. But then she is able to send that version of herself and that consciousness back into the past. Yeah, because I think they, they imply that future Shoko doesn't, like, exist at all times. Like, sometimes she'll show up and then sometimes she doesn't. And it, it's usually tied to when, to when younger Shoko thinks more about what she would want to do with, with her future if she had one. Yeah, it's all it's all based on like her emotional state. Isn't it a little creepy then that like middle school Shoko is like dreaming of like marrying Sakada? Like if she's having her adult self wear the wedding dress. I mean, it's like it's meant to be like a childish crush, like I guess. It's like I, I didn't really view it as creepy more as like kind of like, oh yeah. It's like a childish crush. Like cause right. she it's like her, like trying to fill out her bucket list, basically. And then it, you know, it kind, it kind of also does make sense because it, 
because overall it's just it just feels like that kind of ideal meeting somebody by chance and then you know they're they're your soulmate and then y'all live a happy life together because that's pretty much how they met just by chance yeah well one thing i do want to mention about like uh sakuta and shoko's relationship is i did find it interesting how like what future shoko the ideology that she taught sakuta is what sakuta kind of brings on to the younger shoko like like the way of thinking like trying to like be like a sense of support for other people and stuff like that it's like poetry it rhymes it's cyclical <laughs> but yeah it, it was an interesting uh paradox though <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like i feel like Obviously, this actually adapts not only, like, one novel from the movie, it adapts two novels. I mean, I think that's fair, considering the length. Yeah, but even even though when you think about it, that's a lot of material to cover. It's a one and a half hour movie, so, like, the show proper was adapting, like, one novel in either three or two episodes. So, this would be, like, the equivalent of, like, four episodes of the show. Yeah, I mean, even the show, though, it definitely felt like they were cutting on quite a bit. Just from how things were being paced. I thought the pacing, you know, watching the show without knowledge of the source material, I thought it was really fine. Like, I did feel like it was fast, but it was, you know, I thought it was pretty deliberately paced. Like, I would have, I preferred that pacing than, like, if it was, like, drag. Because, like, some things, you know, are better read than watched. And, you know, this is a very talky series. The story is basically people talking to each yeah. other about problems. It's like a new series, I know. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, and this doesn't have, like, the crazy shaft direction of Monogatari. Like, this is a little more kind of, you know, just really good standard direction and really good, like, a character design and art and animation and stuff. So it's, like, all just very solid. So it's, like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the pacing was not slower and i think that it was good how they paced the show so they could get like to the big closure with his sister at the end and so you have like a lot of the big plot threads from the early stuff like kind of resolved and then you leave this stuff with shoko for the movie which is like kind of the real finale yeah because they don't it's they couldn't just fit this in into the 13 episodes it's interesting too because honestly if like you didn't know any better this you could just think this is the end of the series yeah you could just think this is like the end because like it feels like with this everything has been kind of resolved from yeah the... it I honestly it was, makes honestly. me wonder what what are the what are even the three ne- next three novels even like like yeah i mean like the title of the next novel i guess is about kaede because sister is in the title i guess i don't I don't know. It's like, I guess there's still more to go. I could definitely see them still yeah. having, like, more stories being told with these characters. It's just that, you know, in terms of, like, the mysteries being set up from the beginning, like, it does feel like this film kind of closed the book on a few things. Yeah, I mean, Yen Press, get to novel eight really fast. Please. <laughs> Please. You know, though, yeah, I mean, at the very least, like, I'm kind of interested when, uh, I think the First novel is getting released on the like April twenty eighth, I think. So like, I'm looking forward to reading light novels properly and kind of comparing it to the oh, anime. Oh, definitely. Because like, I, I think this is a really good adaptation. Like, if you didn't know that it was adapting so much, like, I don't think you would necessarily notice right away. I mean, with this film, I actually thought at parts it seemed like it was a little slow. I mean, not that much felt like 
it happened necessarily, but I think also, you know, the show already was a pretty decent, you know, standard of quality in terms of production and visuals. So, like, this film also didn't film, like, too cinematic. It felt like a really long yeah. episode. Yeah, it just felt like a long episode of the series. And, like, there are times where, like, the, like a regular episode of the show, like, sometimes things would be a little off-model. Like Sakata's face got went off-model. Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> And I noticed that on a small screen, so on the big screen, I can only imagine how noticeable that would be. So, I mean, they made this film, like, pretty quick after the show ended, so that's, I guess, to be expected. But it really did feel like this film, you know, was just made because, you know, they couldn't fit in this story into one core. But they found an opportunity to be like, okay, we can adapt this, you know, relatively longer story as a film-length feature. Though, I mean, even though the stakes necessarily... I mean, the emotional stakes are pretty high, but it doesn't necessarily feel like a cinematic experience. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it definitely feels like they, it's something that they kind of, like... Not necessarily planned out from the beginning, but it was something like, Okay, this did well. Let's make a movie and kind of, like, do one last hurrah type thing. I mean, I feel like it had to have been in production while the show was, you know, in actually, production. yeah, yeah. If it came out six months later, that's like, actually I'm sure a good the point. plan was yeah. to do this like from the beginning. The yeah, what, when did they announce the film? Like, did they announce it like before or like after the anime ended, like right away? They announced it, yeah, on February two, twenty nineteen. So. I guess they announced it one month after the show ended, but this clearly has to have been in production before the show ended. Oh, yeah. Uh, then definitely. It's like the Demon Slayer film. Yeah. Now the real question is, will the Demon Slayer film make us cry more, or will this film have made us cry more? Well, I gotta be honest with you guys. I mean, I guess it probably is a surprise, considering kind of the, the tone I kind of brought into the review, but I didn't necessarily cry. At the movie? Llama's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's my own podcast. Yes. Wow. It's a corporate takeover. I own this podcast now. Yeah, sure you do. You're not even on every episode. We have to have I, fill in for you. I'm busy most of the time. <laughs> but uh, I also didn't cry when during the Infinity Train Arc either. Well, damn. Uh, but I like that story more? I mean, I look, I like, I did enjoy this story, but it's like I guess I was I just was not completely able to get totally sold into it, because like, there were these questions at the back of my mind, and I was like, oh this is like Angel Beats, Beats Disappearance Hearts is Mia <laughs> so that kind of prevented me from fully, like, getting like absorbed into the goings on. Fair enough. You're only half banned now. <laughs> Where's Brio Futaba to explain this shit when you need her? <laughs> <laughs> She's probably my favorite character. I think that was my okay. favorite arc. So, I unbanned you uh, just for that. You have good taste. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah, I now. really like that character. Yeah, the, the Futaba arc was yeah. really I, I, I really like the first three. Actually, I like all the arcs of this show. Except, I think the last one was my least favorite. <laughs> But, like, I, I, you know, I really did like this series. Like, thought the characters were very interesting. And I thought the situations, and like, the application of this supernatural element to these personal problems was very well executed. 
And so I thought this movie also had a similar thing going for it, but I think it got a little lost in some of the convolution of the time travel aspect. I mean, the fact that, you know, I was apparently getting confused, like what actually happened at the end. Time travel is never easy, but I, I think all things considered, I think this movie did handle it a lot, a lot better than a lot of other time travel stories do. Mm-hmm. It handled it better than the Avengers. <laughs> did it? I mean, it kind of did. How? In the Avengers, it's just, like, really dumb. But, like, how is this less dumb? Like, in what ways? I don't know, because, like, they just magically are able to, like, converge all the timelines again by going back into the past again. But how is that more or less contrived than what happens in this film and her going back, creating the residual memories that creates the film that allows her to get the heart transplant and live? Why did Captain America age? Why? Because he went back in time and stayed there. Why did that change the future? Because he existed simultaneously in both the past and present. But that was supposed to converge all the timelines, so therefore that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't make sense, but that's time traveling for you. Disney screwed us over. <laughs> but then again, when you think about it, since you mentioned disappearance of Hari Suzumiya, what you just said just totally reminded me of what happened with Kion and Haruhi. How Kion basically caused himself meeting Haruhi. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love those paradoxes. Never go wrong with paradox. Almost like the, in Futurama, how Fry is his own grandfather. Oh, yeah. Bender's <laughs> Big Score also had a paradox. Where it's like, future Fry is like Leela's boyfriend. It's this oh, whole couple yeah. of timelines. <laughs> Futurama got real weird with its use of the timeline. Yeah. Now I miss Futurama. Same. I blame you for the slum. This is Why? your fault. I was a fan of the later seasons. I'm not like one of those people who are like, oh, the later seasons were awful. No, I, I know that. I blame you for making me remember it. Oh, okay. Well, who knows? Maybe they'll make more one of these days. Everything gets a reboot and continuation. They think it bring back King of the Hill. They could bring back Futurama. Futurama Z on Disney+. Plus. Well, if that's what's going to happen, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want Disney's Futurama necessarily. Yeah, honestly, what about Disney's Rascal? That's not Dream of Money no. Girls, not that. It would just be Mickey Mouse instead of my. Exactly. Instead of actually her being a bunny girl senpai, it's Rascal that's not dream of Mickey Mouse senpai. <laughs> <laughs> Replace my entirely with Mickey Mouse. But then we'll get to see Mickey Mouse, like, uh, run over by Carcoon. Won't that be awesome, though? Yeah, it will be. <laughs> he gets run over and then gets isekai'd into the Kingdom Hearts world. <laughs> <laughs> now that's where we go into convoluted storylines. Ha <laughs> ha! My name is Mickey Mouse! It's Mickey as in Mickey Mouse! And Mouse as in Mickey fucking Mouse! Now I'm remembering that South Park episode about Mickey Mouse <laughs> and the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, after going through all Bunny Girl Senpai, I do want to check out, like, more of, like, Hajime Kamoshida's, like, other work. Like, I had no idea, like, he, like, wrote uh, Pet Girl of Sakurasu oh. and uh, Just Because. Whoa. 
Yeah, I've heard of Pet Girl of uh, Sakura, so... And they were a writer on Iron-Blooded Orphans, too? Yeah, they wrote quite a few episodes. And they did the manga for that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested as well. Yeah, definitely seems like they're uh, their usual flair, especially, like, going from Pet Girl to, to Bunny Girl Senpai. Had kind of, like, the same eccentric character styles and, like, the character interactions, definitely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like... If we're just going to go into final thoughts now, like, I think overall, like, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I know Lum had quite a few problems with it, but I think in the moment I was, like, really into it. I, I think, yeah, I, I loved it. It was a great kind of send-off to the show. Also, I really, really appreciated those moments of my actually, like, showing real, like, emotions and stuff. We didn't get a whole lot of that in the show, and it, it kind of broke me when she starts like when she started yeah. like screaming at Sakata not wanting him to like die and it's just like probably one of the few times where we see yeah. might actually show her full self to to him. Yeah. Yeah, like that break that, were really good. That breakdown scene in like the train station. The train like, station and in like her yeah. dressing room. Like what I say when someone asks me who best girl is, I'll say Ryo Futaba's best girl, but Mai is definitely best girl for Sakata. Oh yeah. Like is there any competition like he's winner for a reason he doesn't like any of the other girls as much as he loves mine like koga tried koga tried but he was like no stick it with my girl yeah he ain't no araragi <laughs> is araragi more of a cheat he doesn't really cheat but he's like kind of wishy-washy in it ah. he's like huh how does senjuka hara put out the She's into kinky Senjo shit. Kahara keeps him on a leash, pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, she's well-versed in the art. Luckily, yeah, Aragi also has... Aragi has many kinks. Yeah, she's well-versed in the art of stationary assassination. <laughs> <laughs> and stapling the inside of your mouth. Oh. Yeah, that was one of the things I did love about Bunny Girl Senpai, is just um, Azusa's relationship with his female friends, because it's just, like, normal. Yeah. And I wish it kind of got more normal, just you know, opposite sex relationships and in anime and stuff, because, you know, there's always usually some underlying frequent crushy type shit and it's annoying and it's just like sucks. It's just like, yeah, I'm cool with you, pretty much. But Alien, you can't have two people of different genders in a room together and not want to fuck. That's against the rules of anime. Oh my god. Are you taking lessons from Kensuke from Blue Flag? Yeah, all those anime girls are lewd. They want to hold hands and be called by their first names. God yeah. hand-holding the scum of the earth. But yeah, I, re- I do really like the friendship between Sakura, Kunimi, and Ryo. Like, good trio. Good healthy friendships. That's why I really like Ryo's arc. Is that she confesses to Kunimi, and then they're still friends afterwards. That's good. Pretty chill. But, yeah... So, I mean, I had the problem of, like, watching the film and also working on something at the same time, so I clearly missed a few details. Like the ending. What actually <laughs> happened in the ending, I and guess. And also the main female character's name. That, too. <laughs> I mean, I think I just got the syllables mixed up there, because, again, her last name starts with Ma, Ki, or whatever. These so. sound like excuses. Well, they are excuses. I'm not trying to hide that fact. I do think that there's some aspects of the story that have a little bit of 
kind of sappy melodrama and some convoluted story elements that are a little convenient. But overall, I also would agree that this was a pretty satisfying bow to the Bunny Girl story thus far. Like we've kind of addressed, it doesn't feel like there were any loose hangling treads after this film. I thought it was a pretty satisfying use of characters. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. agree. Would you have seen it in theaters? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, we would have seen it in theaters if we didn't go to New York Comic Con or if we had time, right? We would have done that anyway, even if we hadn't watched the show, probably, because we just see anime movies in theaters if we like to. Honestly, I think we probably would have been pretty confused if we had seen it without the show. Yeah. I don't know, I think... You would have missed a lot of character building prior. Yeah, a lot of the emotional impact would have as much. Yeah, sure. the emotional impact would have right. been like lost. Right, there'd be there'd be some missing context that yeah. uh, we would not have been able to grasp. And I had already said this to yeah, I mean, to V Lord after I finished the movie, but I was I was supposed to go to Anime Expo last year. I ended up having to cancel due to um, last minute money constraints. But I was gonna I was gonna watch the premiere of that on the last day, and after finishing the movie. On Saturday, I was just like, man, now I'm really mad that I didn't get to go to AX. <laughs> yeah, I honestly just imagine the reactions in that, like, theater room to this. Yeah, especially the AX crowd would have been, like, audible, and they would have, like, gasped. Oh, God, the AX crowd freaks out about the smallest things. Oh, yeah, so, like, like, premiere at AX was amazing, so. Well, the moment the drill showed up, everyone started <laughs> screaming. I can yeah. only imagine that crowd reaction to the car crash, though. Oh, oh yeah. Though so I do hear at AX, uh, there's a lot of controversy about how they put Bunny Girl Senpai's movie in like a super small room. Oh. Yeah, I think they put it in a smaller room than Mutter's Basement's panel. Yeah. Like, he was talking about that. I went to his panel before I left on the last day, and he was like, yeah, it's kind of weird that they have me in this room, and they have the Bunny Girl Senpai movie in an even smaller room, and my room isn't even half full. Yeah, I think they, like, put into a room that had, like, 300 or less, like, mm-hmm. seats. Oh, yeah. It was like I think we were probably in that room. That was probably where they had the Yen Press panel, I want to say. Yes, I, I think it probably was. Yeah, it's not a big room. Yeah. It's smaller than the Fire Force premiere room. Yeah, like, the Yen Press panel filled up super fast. So imagine, like, the Bunny Girl Senpai movie It's premiere. a popular show. Yeah. yeah. I I I know you want to reserve like the first panel room LP01 for the live streaming panels panels that can be live streamed. That's why Mother's Basement is in there. But like he was right, they really should have put the movie in there because then like a thousand people could have seen it instead of like three hundred. Honestly, I don't think anything was really going on in main events that day. Like besides yeah. the concert, yeah, so they could have even just put it in there. Well. That's certainly not going to be a problem this year. (laughs) (laughs) Rip and peace con season 2020. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe Anime NYC will still happen. Maybe. Possibly. Hopefully. Maybe. I would like to, again, as I ranted about the top of the show, I want to see my movies in the theaters again. So I'm hoping by the time the Demon Slayer movie comes out, you know, we can actually see it in the big screen. Imagine the Demon Slayer movie in Anime NYC. Now that would have been so special. Let me dream, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let me dream. 
Well, it's time for some sweet dreams tonight, I guess, as we also astral project back in time to make the future dreams the reality. So we're going to cure COVID-19? Yes, we are going to mentally uh, mind swap our present selves or our past selves, except we won't exist, but we will exist when someone recognizes us, and then that will allow us to change the past. Okay, let's head back to 2013. 2013? That's when, like, they found out, like, the initial, like, signs of COVID. Really? Yeah. That, that long ago. ago. Yeah. Did you do nothing about it? Okay. Yep. Well, I guess that's <laughs> what we're going to have to do. Huh. Coincidentally, wouldn't that be around when the Bunny Girl Life novel started? Hmm. What's the connection there? Hmm. Probably not much. But anyway, I guess that was our At Movies review of Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreamin' Girl. Yup. And also, I guess, partial <laughs> review of the show, at least it's last dark. And why Lum hates Kaede. I don't hate Kaede. I just find the character a bit... Extra. Uncomfortable. <laughs> and a little bit fetishized for the anime consumption audience, which is at odds with, like, why her character is the way it is and the trauma behind it, which makes me feel, again, uncomfortable. But, yeah, that was our review. And I uh, want to thank you guys for listening. And we want to thank you, Alan, for coming on and talking about the movie with us. It's good to be on. Yeah. And where can the good people find you and the work that you do? You can find me on Twitter at Alien Renegade, where I'm usually just retweeting cute anime art and sometimes talking about Kaguya-sama because I love that series. But also, I am known in the Toonami community for making fake bumps and promos and also making Toonami-inspired beats. You can find my videos on YouTube under Alien Renegade Videos. And you can also check out my music on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and every other major streaming service. Just search up Amp Ren. And, yeah, go check it out. Yeah, go check out Alien Stuff. They do some great work. And, Vior, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at VLORGTZ. I'm usually just on there posted about uh, whatever I'm reading manga-wise, me procrastinating on reviews, and a little bit of not sleeping. Kind of just goes in that cycle. But... Aside from that, you can find my manga reviews over on all-comic.com. We have a bunch of those coming down the pipeline, so keep an eye out for those. And I also write editorial pieces and reviews for TsunamiFaithful.com as well. So jump over there, too, to see some of my content. But I also host the Demon Slayer podcast alongside Alien. And you can find that on Twitter at DSlayer Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Demon Slayer Podcast, and on the Tanami Faithful website at TanamiFaithful.com slash Demon Slayer Podcast. And we kind of cover any and everything related to Demon Slayer, both the manga in terms of the simulpubs and the volumes, as well as currently the English dub airing on Tanami. So if you're interested in any of those, uh, give us a look. I think we do some pretty good stuff. 
And you can find us on basically every podcast streaming platform at this point. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we're there. So just look us up, subscribe, and listen to our episodes. Yeah, definitely do that. GSP is a great show, and all the work Beeler does is really, really awesome. And as for me, you can find me at Ramramiyash on Twitter, as Ramramiyash is a variety of places like Amish Revelation Analyst, where there's a Ramramiyash that you can find me. And you can also read my monk reviews on allashcover.com. We've got a lot of books coming in, a lot of reviews going out, so definitely look forward to more on there. And as for this show, you can find more Manga Mavericks at Movies and Manga Mavericks at Manga Mavericks Mavericks on Twitter and mangamavericks.tumblr.com and our YouTube channel, YouTube slash Manga Mavericks. Just search Manga Mavericks in the show. You can find our channel. We upload our pockets on there. But we also upload the podcast, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any podcast platform of choice. So subscribe to us on there. Leave us a rating review. Let us know how we're doing. And let us uh, know what you'd like to see us cover next. And, of course, you can email your suggestions to us at uh, mangamaps at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of Bunny Girl Senpai movie. If you agree with our opinions on the film... Whether you disagree with my opinions on the film in particular, let us know, and we'll read your thoughts on the show. You can also just move for us to review as well. And if you want to support the work that we do, you can pledge to our Patreon, patreon.com slash manga mavericks, where we've got a variety of tier options available for you to subscribe to. In particular, our $5 tier offers monthly bonus pods exclusive to patrons, and currently we have a series on there where our good co-host Colton and our good friend Doctor are going through the original Saint Seiya Manga by Masami Kuramata, two volumes at a time, one month at a time. And it's a really fun show as they share their first impressions going through this series. I'm having fun listening to their thoughts as they see the story develop. And so definitely check that out at our $5 tier. And by pledging to our $5 tier, you'll also get access to a ton of other bonus pods, over a dozen at this point, which includes exclusive at movies episodes on Dragon Ball Super Broly and Lead a Battle Angel as well as other fun bonus pods like our review of that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha and our manga fight on Monster Girls, among many others. But that about does it for this episode of Manga Mavericks at Movies, and we will see you in the next one. And scene. And that's a wrap. Nice. <laughs>